I wanted to begin 2021 with a series that we can carry with us throughout the year and return to it. The title of this series is Your Life Depends on It. We're going to look at some of these points that you've just watched in the video. Last week we talked about listen to God as if your life depends upon it because it does. And today we're going to talk about standing. Many things are shaking in the world right now. Many people are shaken up. The pandemic is enough. And then to add to that, the political chaos that's all around us is something like I've never seen before. Unlike anything in my lifetime, and I'm certain if you're younger than I am, anything in yours. Some people in our country and in the world think they are standing up for something right now, and they're actually falling for something that doesn't matter in the big picture and definitely doesn't matter in the eternal perspective. Some are falling into fear right now. Why wouldn't you be? Some are falling into anger, confusion. Sadly, some people are falling away from their first love in Jesus, but others have caught themselves. Somewhere along this pandemic, God has used it to cause you to catch yourself. And as things are unraveling and unfolding, some of us have caught ourselves, and we're waking up, and it's in that realizing we've been falling that we wake up and come to find out we really need to stand. But here's the problem. We can stand up and we can stand for many things right now, but there are only a few things and really one thing that we really need to focus on as believers. If life was investigated by looking at a slide under a microscope to find the answer to what we should do and how we should stand right now, as we would Look at that slide, I believe God would write this on it. Stand firm in your faith in Jesus Christ. If we were to look into the heavens with a telescope and we could zoom in to a star that had a message from God written on it, I believe the heavenly star would say, stand firm in your faith in Jesus Christ. Stand as if your life depends on it because it does. And we're going to have a fine focus on what it means to stand for God. I'm praying that we can all find a new courage to stand for God, but also realize that the Holy Spirit wants to shine a brighter and broader context on what standing for God really means. So let's start with this. If we're going to stand for God the right way, His way, we need to remember who and what we are standing for. Believer, what we are standing for is the glory of Jesus Christ. We are taking a stand in a way, not just in a what, but in a way that will bring glory to Jesus Christ. In other words, when we stand for God, we are standing for the truth of the gospel. And the truth of the gospel is this, God loves the world so much that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish. 
which also means when we stand for the gospel, we stand because people need to leave their life of sin and they need to know that. But we also need to let people know that God is more than willing to receive everybody that repents and turns to his son, Jesus Christ. As we stand for the truth of the gospel, we also need to realize that the way we stand and what we stand for about the gospel makes all the difference in the world or makes no difference. We need to show the world what love really is and what light really is. Jesus said, in your stand, now I had that part, in your stand, but he said, here's how everyone will know you're standing for me. They'll know it by the love they see you show to your brothers and your sisters. That's how the world will know. I want us to renew our focus on what it means to stand by sharing with you 10 focal points. I want to give you today a broad context on what it means to stand for God. And I want to give them to you. This message is different than a lot of my other messages where I focus on a point. This message is, is, is knowing that we're going to take a trip in 2021 and we don't know what's coming uh, next week, let alone next month or ne next few months. This message in this series is not for you to pack away. It's to pack in and bring it back in your journey, listening, standing. I'm giving you 10 focal points on the broader context of standing, and we're going to get into that today and carry this with you. This series is for you to carry with you the entire year and beyond. Before we look at the 10 focal points, we need to see from what kind of foundation we stand upon in order to focus on these points correctly, and it is this. Grace is our strength by which we stand. Romans 5.2 tells us this. Grace means that God puts a believer in Jesus Christ in a position of unearned favor from God. Grace is a position of favor, but it's also a power. Grace is not only a position, it's a power for believers in Jesus Christ, and the grace of, of favor and power gives us what we need to, to stand correctly. Here's what Paul says, through Jesus, we have received an introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we celebrate in hope of the glory of God. So the foundation is grace, a favor from God and an empowerment to stand because we have to take stands in different ways, different times, different approaches, different contexts. I want to give you 10 quickly. We need to stand up, number one, stand up. Acts 2.14, but Peter, take, now Peter had fallen, but then the Holy Spirit came upon him, Jesus restored him, and in a moment when he needed to stand up, the Spirit came upon him, and it says, and Peter took his stand with the eleven, raised his voice, and declared to the people, men of Judea, and all you who live in Jerusalem, know this, and pay attention to my words. Later on, a few months later, the disciples had to take a stand in boldness. They had been arrested, but God sent an angel to get them out of prison and listen to what the angel said to them in Acts 5. Go, stand and speak to the people in the temple area the whole message of this life. The whole message, not part of the message. The whole message. 
Grace empowers us to stand up and share this message, even in times of trouble. Listen, God not only wants to comfort people, but he also wants to convict people so he can convert people. And so we need to know at times, there is a time to stand up and preach the whole word of God. As Paul said, there will be a tension in that. Philippians 1, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel so that whether I come and see you or remain absent, I will hear about you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel and in no way alarmed by your opponents, which is a sign of destruction for them but of salvation for you, and this too from God. Sometime we need to stand up because not only our life depends on it, some people's eternal life depends on you and I standing up and preaching the gospel, not just preachers. There are moments and times when as a believer, it is the time to speak about the gospel to people. Second focal point, stand alone. Sometimes we have to stand alone, like Stephen. God gave Stephen insight on how people, the people of God, were to shift their paradigm. And he shared that perspective, and it got him in trouble, and he was brought before the Sanhedrin, and they, had, they, they were going to kill him. I don't know if Stephen knew he was going to die for what he was about to say, but he did die for what he, what he said. Sometimes we have to stand alone. And he got killed. But here's what he said in Acts 7. But Stephen, being full of the Holy Spirit, looked intently into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus, ready, standing at the right hand of God. And Stephen said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Friend, listen, you can search it. There's only one occasion in the New Testament when it mentions Jesus standing up at the Father's right hand. All the other mentions are, are of him sitting at the Father's right hand. Only one time he stands up. And he stands up as Stephen is standing alone. God's grace gave Stephen the ability to stand alone. And Jesus stood up for him. Martin Luther, the great reformer, stood before the religious people of his day who had, who had, who had changed the gospel to an antichrist gospel, a gospel of works. And, and he stood up and said, Sola Fide, only faith. Sola Scriptura, only the Scriptures. And he said, and here I stand, God help me. He stood alone, and that stand shook that world and still shakes the world because men now know that the just will live by faith. We just celebrated Martin Luther King's birthday. Here is a man who stood alone. There were people who stood around him, but they didn't stand in the manner in which God made him stand and called him to stand. Martin Luther King knew he was going to be killed for what he was standing for. He knew it. I encourage you to watch the HBO documentary on King. There's a scene in it where he's walking through the streets of the South with people all around him supporting him. 
white pastors, African-American pastors, and people walking with them, and they're walking down a street, and, and a balloon busts, and you see for a moment Martin Luther King shake in fear, and immediately the, the image of a lion comes back on the countenance of his face, but it showed you something. He knew what was going to happen to him. He knew he was going to be killed. They took him out, but they did not take what he stood for, what he stood alone for. And that work, and that man stands today and is still making a difference. Sometimes we have to stand alone. Focal point three, we stand as if our life depends on it because it does. Focal point three, sometimes we have to stand and fight. We stand and fight the right enemy, though. And the enemy is not humanity. It's demonic. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist on the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Schemes of the devil. Um, this, this next cluster of focal points is going to unfold some of his schemes, some of his schemes, not all some. Here's one. Number four, we need to stand and run. 1 Corinthians 6, 18, Paul says, flee sexual immorality. Every other sin that a person commits is outside the body. But the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. And do you not know, believer, that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? Listen, some temptations we stand in the ring and fight. Other temptations we fight by running a million miles away. Why? Because some temptations are too powerful to stand too long in the ring. Jump over the ropes and run. Sometimes we stand by standing and running away. Sexual temptation has taken mighty giants of the faith down. One of the greatest preachers and pastors reaching the greatest numbers of millennials and Gen Xers in the United States and the world has just fallen. And I don't judge him for, for that. What I do is look at myself Listen, young man, listen, young woman, listen, old man, listen, prophet of God. We need to learn the Joseph sprint. The Joseph sprint. It happened one day that he went into the house to do his work, and nobody was there but her. And she grabbed him by his garment, saying, sleep with me. Now, I don't know if that's what, the, what she really said, but that's what the Hebrew writers said. Sleep with me. And I bet she wasn't ugly. And I bet you Joseph might have gotten biologically triggered. But it says he left his garment in her hand and fled. It doesn't say she was even dressed. See, there's some things we can stand against until things get really, you know, we can sing Amazing Grace and, and uh, all these wonderful songs, even in our little Bible study with our girlfriend in the basement of mom and dad's house when nobody's there, 
and we're all in the Holy Ghost, and then there's a shift. We put the Bible down and the devotional book down, and we just start to get a little closer and not shy. That's, I'm not knocking that, but there's a line. And when, you know what? If you don't think you can stand in the ring, don't even go near the ring. The Joseph's friend. Sometimes we need to stand and flee. This is a scheme of the enemy. And here's another one for those that are looking at the Carl Lentzes of the world. Sometimes we need to stand warned. 1 Corinthians 10, 12 says, Therefore let the one who thinks he or she stands watch out that he or she doesn't fall. This is a scheme of the enemy, spiritual pride. And we need to stand alone sometimes. And sometimes we stand alone by running away from what everybody else is standing in. And then other times, the sixth focal point is, we need to stand with others who are standing alone or who are standing up. Or who are standing warned. And stand with others who are standing and running. Sometimes, number six, we need to stand with. Like Epaphras. Paul said, Epaphras is one of your own. There it is. One of your own. He was in the family connection. Epaphras didn't stop churching when the pandemic hit when you couldn't go to the building. Some of you stop churching because you only church at church. But not Epaphras. He stood with. A bondservant of Christ Jesus sends you his greetings, always striving earnestly for you in his prayers that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. Sometimes we need to stand with. Paul said it this way. He said in 1 Thessalonians 3, for now we really live if you stand firm in the Lord. That's connection. I met with a bunch of guys every Sunday night from 6 to 8-ish from September to right before Thanksgiving. I challenged them to grow up and be a new generation of pillars in the house of God, in the family of God until we get back in the house. I talked to them about how men of the past have made a monument to themselves instead of influencing a movement of others. This passage goes out to you, 1 Timothy 3.13. For those who have served well as deacons obtain for themselves a high standing and great confidence in the faith that's in Christ Jesus. Sometimes we need to stand with. Sometimes we need to stand in another kind of way. When it comes to people we walk with, there's a certain way we need to stand. When it comes to our passions versus other people's passions, our convictions in contrast to other people's convictions, in church life, in family life, at work, and in this political zoo, the devil is all over these things. Sometimes we need to, number seven, stand down. Raise your hand and wave at the screen if you're still with me. You still with me? Stand down. There's a time to stand up and a time to stand down. 
Stand down as if your life depends on it, for it does. Stand down. When it comes to judging brothers and sisters who see it differently than I do, I need to stand down. Do you have a verse for that? I certainly do. Romans 14.4. This is the Holy Spirit through Paul. Ready? Just put yourself in this. I, I, I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm good at thinking of other people when I read Bible verses. Don't you wish the people that needed this message were watching right now? Don't you wish? They never are, are they? Stand down. Here it is. Ready? Just think of yourself. I'm thinking, I'm thinking of God saying this to me right now. Who are you to judge the servant of another? To his own master he stands or falls, and he will stand. Why? Huh? Whose side's the Lord on? Look, for the Lord is able to make him stand, or her. Sometimes we need to stand down and not judge our brothers and sisters. Sometimes we need to stand down when we get tempted to take it to another level than a, than a passive judgment, and it goes beyond passive into words. James 4, do not speak against one another, brothers and sisters. Listen to this. Just think of you. Don't think of the people that you know that are big judgers. Don't think of them. Just think of you. I'm just thinking of me. I'm preaching to me. You just happen to be listening. The one who speaks against a brother or sister or judges his brother or sister speaks against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge of it. There is only one lawgiver, and he's not a Presbyterian. He's not a Pentecostal. He's not a Baptist. There's only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. Again, Tim, who are you judging your neighbor? We need, to, listen, listen. we need to realize, I'm not going to say we, uh, me, I'm just going to talk about me. Tim, you need to realize that God is never going to give you permission to move him from the bench and fill in for a day. There will never be a day where God the judge will declare a take your kid to work day and let any of us have at it with the gavel in the book. That's probably the one that we want to slice and put out later for the thing. Strong people don't put others down, they lift them up. Sometimes we need to stand down. You don't might need this right now. You might need it next week. I might need it right now. Number eight, stand silent. James one and James three. You know this, you know this, my beloved brothers and sisters. Everyone must be quick to hear. That's the listening to God, listening. Slow to speak. Verse 5 of chapter 3. So also the tongue is a small part of my body, and yet it boasts of great things. And then he says this, see how great a forest is set aflame by such a small fire. The tongue is a fire. Sets the destructive course of our life by. Sometimes we need to stand silent. Sometimes, hey, sometimes the best way for me to take a stand and speak out 
is to not speak. Boy, I'll tell you, the foundation of grace is the only way to do that. Silence can speak volumes when God the Holy Spirit grabs me and tells me to shut it. And then number nine, sometimes we get pressured by those who wish to put their legalism upon us. And other times, the pressure of feeling the need to produce or prove our faith or give birth to something too soon can be too much unless we stay in the grace of God. And we need grace in those moments to stand firm in our freedom. Galatians 6, or I'm sorry, Galatians 5 says it like this, it was for emancipation that Christ emancipated us. It was for freedom that Christ freed us. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject or bow under a yoke of slavery or bondage. I don't know if you've been in the church long enough to know, and I don't just mean LOH, but just the church culture. People press us to be made in their image of Christianity rather than Christ's for us. He is our potter, we are the clay, and he, he has an individual process through which he's working on each one of us individually. We are all good at taking snapshots of people and defining them, but we don't want to be evaluated by a snapshot. We want the long movie. We might be going through a rough patch in chapter 4, but please read to the end of the book for my life. Other times, we pressure ourselves. Nobody's pressuring us, but we think. And we assume others are expecting something from us, and so we feel the need to move when God wants us to wait. And we need to stand firm in a freedom like that. Here's how Paul says it in 1 Corinthians 16. Be on the alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men and be strong. Or act like a woman and be strong. In other words, stand on the foundation and realize the waiting room is where God is maturing you. Wait. Stand like a man and wait. 2 Timothy 2.19 tells us why we can do that and have confidence. Nevertheless, the firm foundation of God stands. Listen, listen. I've done this wrong so many times. I've learned most of my lessons on Dum Dum Street. But I say this. Well, actually, I, I brought my friend T.D. Jakes with me, and he's going to say this. I got this part from him. Don't, listen... Don't move until it's time. Your life depends on it. Timing is so important. If you're going to be successful in dance, you must be able to respond to rhythm and timing. And it's the same in the spirit. People who don't understand God's timing, listen, can become spiritually spastic, trying to make the right things happen at the wrong time. Six months ago, God told you this. Year ago, God told you that. Be like saying, I'm supposed to live in California. 
Six months later, I'm supposed to live in New York City. God told me both things. Spiritually spastic. Stand on the foundation and be like a man. Be like a woman of God. And then he says, they don't get his rhythm. And everyone can tell they're out of step. They birth things prematurely, unknowing. It's going to set you on fire. Threatening the very lives of their God-given dream. Hey, don't feel bad if that's you. Abraham did. Oh, that Ishmael. You know, you can give birth to Ishmael in a night in a tent. But then there he is. Oop, there it is. The rest of your life, Ishmael's right there. Stand firm in your freedom. If, now this is mine. If God made a promise, wait on that foundation and don't move. And I know this. I know it because I lived it. Waiting is the hardest thing to do in the first, second, and third trimesters after God has conceived a promise in your soul. It's the hardest thing to do. But don't grow weary, for in due season... You'll reap if you don't give up or if you don't move out. Faithful is he who calls you, and he will bring it to pass. He will bring it to pass. These are ten focal points on how to stand, when to stand, what to stand for, what isn't worth taking a stand on. And we need grace for all and the wisdom to know the difference. I close with this because this is the greatest context on why we need to stand. You ready? This is where you want to be. Luke 21. Let's remember where we want to be. Jesus said, they, they said, hey, is this the time when it's all coming down? What, what's the signs in the season? And, 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 and other times Jesus said to them, uh, let, me, and, and let me tell you what it's going to be like. And, and, and Peter goes, are you talking to us or are you talking to others? He said, well, who am I talking to? Jesus never answers the questions we need him to answer. He says something else and wants us to get that. And he goes, well, Peter, who is that? I mean, it might be you right now, but it will it be you then. I mean, take a snapshot of your glory days, but listen, if your glorious days fade and when I come, who, who will be like this when I come? Will, will you be like this? Here's what, watch out. That's what Jesus said. Hey, watch out. Don't let your hearts, I'm ready guys. Don't let your hearts be dulled by carousing and drunkenness. Don't let your hearts be dulled by carousing and drunkenness. That's out of control living. 
and by the worries of this life. Don't let that day catch you unaware like a trap, for that day will come upon everyone living on the earth. In other words, when, when the deal goes down, when the deal goes down, he didn't say when, but when it does. He didn't tell us when it will, but he said when it does. When means it will. When it does, it will come on a, like a trap on those who are carousing in the church and out of the church, drunk in the church and out of the church, worrying in the church and out of the church. It will come like a trap. Watch out. Keep alert at all times and pray, listen, that you might be strong enough. There's that grace foundation which he supplies, worthy and strong enough, ready to escape these coming horrors and Stand before the Son of Man. Where you want to be, if you've fallen a million times in your Christian life, there's only one place that it really will matter forever to be standing, and it's right there. Standing before the Son of Man when he comes to take his bride out of this thing we're in. Don't know when it is, but John saw a picture, an image of 144,000 symbolizing the completed remnant of God and they're standing with the Lamb of God on Mount Zion in the book of Revelation chapter 14 and Jesus calls them called, chosen, and faithful. Many are called, but they've not lived to the point of being chosen. And many have been chosen, but we haven't crossed the line where he says, well done, good and faithful. We must stand as if our life depends on it in the foundation of grace because that's where we want to be. And that's where you want your kids to be, your wife to be, your husband to be. That's where you want your friends to be. And not every evangelist and every pastor and every prophet can reach the people that work in your cubicle. There is a time to stand, but there are different ways to stand at different times and it takes the wisdom of God and the Word of God filled with the author who has the context of the Word of God, the Spirit of God, to know what kind of stand it's time for us to stand in. I close with this as we pray. I hope this shook you up. I hope it wakes us up. But now I hope it fires you up because the final thought is this. Let's remember the one who stands for us. Jude 24, Jesus. Here's where Jesus is. And here's what he's saying to us, Christian friend. Here's what he's saying to each one of us. There, he's saying this. Now to him who is able to protect you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy. So what do you do? If you're a believer like me, you let this message get a hold of you and humble you. You don't just turn it off and listen to 14 preachers by next weekend. Never get around to doing any of it. This is for your travel bag from your pastor to you about how to walk and live and stand and listen. Ten focal points, different contexts to stand. But I want to talk to somebody out there, a young man, a young woman, a person who is yet to do this one thing. And you have to do this over and over in the right context. Listen, 
There is a time every person has to take their first public stand for Jesus Christ. Every believer has to identify themselves as a follower of Jesus Christ before the world. Jesus said it. If anyone will confess me before people, I will confess them before my Father and the holy angels. Listen, you're not going to hear this much. You're not going to hear what I'm about to say on many podcasts by many preachers in America. I'm not saying that to judge. I'm saying that's real. If you don't believe me, do an inventory of some of the famous and look back at their sermon titles for the last three years and look for this verse. If anyone is ashamed of me in the midst of this adulterous world, I will be ashamed of them when I come in the glory of my Father and the holy angels. Many people are falling. Many people are standing. Standing for the wrong thing or standing for the right thing the wrong way. I'm guilty. You're guilty. We're all human. We're all susceptible. We are living in crazy times. We need to humble ourselves before the mighty hand of God and get away as far as we can from the judge's gavel and the authority on the book. We need to run from things that we're way too close to. Run. And stand with others who are standing together. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that your mighty Holy Spirit, I have just given and entrusted the good words of God to your people. I'm free of the obligation beyond that. Help us to make our calling and election sure and not just be hearers, but doers of the word so that we might be blessed. Help us not to listen to this and then go about our way forgetting what you were trying, trumpeting, screaming, shaking us to hear. And may many stand, many be strong, and many be blessed. In Jesus' name, amen.